Welcome to the PR Resolution Podcast. I'm your host, Stella Bales. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing experts in emerging areas of PR. We'll be taking those hot topics in public relations, dispelling any myths, breaking down the jargon, so you are completely clued up and ready to speak to your stakeholders by the time you reach the office. If you have any questions around the episode, please feel free to tweet me at Stella Bales. Links in PR coverage has become pretty important in PR. Whether it's because we're trying to direct people to our brand content or whether because we're trying to help SEO. We are now looking into our PR coverage and tracking and seeing whether we've got links included. If this is you, you may have noticed some coding on some of the links. Basically, it's when you hover over the link, you might see a code in the top part of the URL. I didn't actually notice this until quite a few years ago, I was working on Marks and Spencer's PR and I was doing some work with fashion bloggers. I had links in the coverage, which I was really happy about. And then I noticed a small piece of coding. I then got told that this was an affiliate link. And I was like, what's this? Now, back then I'd really wished that I'd realized that there was such a big opportunity for PR generally, and maybe our team to get involved in this. Well, step forward, Rich Lee. Rich, you would have heard of, he runs a PR agency called Radioactive. Rich has been really pushing the boundaries of what a PR agency means in today's world. He's been looking into different areas of digital marketing for the whole five years that they've been going. But he spotted this opportunity. So he recently hired Will Roberts and Will, along with Rich, are leading a new arm of their business called Radioactive Talent. I went along to their office to find out more. They are bringing years of influencer relations and publisher knowledge together with Will's expertise in affiliates, um, which is also known as Revenue Share, and together they have this new service for clients. The guys in this podcast really explain how the process works, and they also explain why it's not just a good growth opportunity for the agency, but also how they're helping influencers add value to their own sites and also just making marketing directors' lives a little bit easier. Here's Rich and Will. Okay, I am joined by Will and Rich from Radioactive Group. So some of the listeners, you may well know Rich Lay. He is Mr. PR um, and runs Radioactive PR, but they have um, recently formed different areas of the business, which we're going to hear a little bit more about. But specifically, I really wanted to speak to Rich and Will, his colleague, about this new arm called Radioactive Talent because they are looking at affiliate marketing, which isn't a normal area for uh, public relations Um, and I want to find out a little bit more as to how and why this new area of their business has formed. So welcome to the podcast Rich and Will. Hello hello Um, thank you for having us. So before we dive into uh, Radioactive Talent and why you've set that up could you give listeners um, a little bit of basics on what affiliate marketing even is just for people who don't know what it is? Yeah, of course. Um, So affiliate marketing in its very simple form um, is about connecting an advertiser to a marketeer or an influencer and pay them on a performance basis. So that could be in its most simplest form is going to be 
okay, hey, influencer, um, please, if you, for every sale that you send in to us, and we track that as coming from you, we'll give you a commission on the sale value. That can also extend to things like app installs, to sign-ups, to opt-ins, to chatbots and email lists and SMS lists. So anything that's performance-related, uh, and it's a nice um, relationship that can be had between the advertiser and the marketeer that helps it to scale. From a consumer point of view, just so we can get this really clear for listeners who might not have ever heard of this, does every link have an affiliate part to it? So is every link I click on, if I'm reading an article that's recommending Christmas gifts, for example, which we're seeing right now, um, would that have some kind of third party having some sales benefit from that or, or is it just a handful? Most likely in things like gift guides or recommended and reviews, most of them do now have affiliate links in. Um, the affiliates, the marketeer's role is to make sure that you know that they are getting paid if you do go, buy, go through and buy. So they may do that on an, when you click on the out link to go and buy something you've been recommended from a gift guide. Um, you may get a little notice that says, we may earn a commission if you go through this way. But in, in the very, um, at the very least, in the footer of their site, they should be declaring it. Uh, but ideally, line by line on every single link, you should, be, you should as a consumer, understand whether the um, opinion or recommendation has been affected by a commercial deal. So on the whole, yes, but gift guides, even forums now, there's software that will run across your whole site it's two lines long, and it will try and find uh, a way to monetize every single link that goes out from your site. So more and more, you know, there's no technical ba huge technical barrier to it, so most sites do use it in some way. So all of these listeners will be, not all of them, most of my listeners are in public relations, some are in link building, but mainly in public relations. So working with publishers day in, day out. So you're saying that all publisher links pretty much will have this kind of affiliate link? most likely on their site. So obviously they've got the unbiased reviews and everything else, but typically if someone is linking out to a product, most links now will have some sort of affiliation on them. And again, they should make it as clear as they possibly can so everyone knows, um, but you are likely to see to see that most will have that. Um, and even on sort of user-generated content, so on forums, for example, someone may post about your campaign and everything else, that actually may be going through an affiliate link um, into, into partners, um, so they can track how many come through from those sort of um, sites as well. Interesting. Um, on, the, um, on the PR side of things, I've seen this for a, for a couple of years, where even regional publishers um, now sometimes track their journalists by affiliate spend on their articles. So obviously we all know that media monetization is you know, an issue. Journalists are tracked by, of course, traffic, social shares. And then I was sat down having lunch with somebody the other day and they said, well, you know, quite a while back actually now. And they said, you know, we're actually monitored by, you know, what we kind of send through from an affiliate perspective because that's money for the business and we're in dire straits. Google and Facebook are eating every, you know, eating our lunch every day. Mm. How else do we monetize? An affiliate is a perfect way to because, um, you know, it's... It's, it's something that consumers would possibly have been spending anyway, especially, as you mentioned, around this time. I've got one quick example, I suppose, that people may recognise. So a lot of the local papers, particularly around, let's say it's a, a Euro-milliond mega jackpot, they'll run Facebook ads and you'll see them saying, if you're in the local area, and they'll name the, the town or city they cover, um, you can get you know, five Euro-millions tickets for one pound. That's a very sort of... You know, big campaign in the market, they will people will click through on that onto the the newspaper's website, and then if people then go and take that offer, the newspaper will 
will get a commission based on that. So sort of an example how the local press are using it to monetize their audience, particularly from a Facebook perspective, and then that follows through for them to make money. So we've talked about um, interesting examples with publishers, but is this really the main benefit for retailers? You mentioned that it could potentially be for other downloads and things. So I'm thinking from a perspective of listeners who might not work in consumer retail, is it still important to their kind of verticals and their kind of industries? Um, definitely. I think there's always, it's how you frame the sort of the model of a performance related action. So for example, if you're, you haven't got an e-commerce product, but you still want to communicate with your audience through, let's say, email or Telegram or anywhere else, you can pay and publishers for every email that is um, compliantly opted into your list. So you can still have a performance element. You just have to change the parameters at which you're working. So it may be a sale, but an app install. If you, it may be um, an app install that's only for your customers, but therefore you know that your customer lifetime value goes up, and therefore you encourage partners to promote it in that way. So it hasn't. It's not just e-commerce. It's anywhere where you're trying to. There's an event that you can track. So it's, it's the event that's the important part to get right and work out which event actually has that value for you. It's, it seems like it's just such a key time for everyone in communications and PR to be understanding all areas of marketing. And this feels like it's super important for PR people to understand that a link in their piece of coverage could potentially be part of this whole affiliate scheme, which they might not even realise. So I know that um, when I was working for uh, my client was Westfield uh, Shopping Centres and we were doing lots of blogger relations for fashion with fashion bloggers. And then we noticed that there was different... It was when we were actually looking to see if there was no follow codes on our links. And then we're like, oh, what's this? And this was a few years ago. And then that was when I'd learned a lot more about affiliate marketing. I'm like, mm, this is interesting, interesting. Must find out out a bit more about this and where does PR fit into it but it wasn't actually a, a service as my agency back then but I did start to learn a little bit more about it which I guess brings me to Rich to talk to you quickly about radioactive PR this new area of the business radioactive talent where where did you get to making this decision to open up the business a new part of the business and start to explore affiliates so every single client pitch comes down to talking about budget, as you know. And I know that if the person I'm speaking to has other lines in their budget, then I should, you know, do we have the capability or resources in-house to service that? So generally, there's crossover between organic social. Chances are you're going to have people in your PR agency that, you know, that have dealt with paid social. Chances are you're going to have people that have dealt with, you know, content creation, you know, email marketing, etc. So it got, got to me, think, you know, I'm chatting to, these, chatting to these people thinking, what do you have in your budget that we're not kind of opening ourselves up out to or open ourselves up to? And performance and measurement is something we sell on. As a PR agency, Radioactive PR, we're, we always say it's results and better than results is, is tracking those results. What does that do for you? You just touched on links then. Well, links, we can move away from the whole AVE, AVE debate very, very quickly by saying we can, you know, we can track traffic, we can track conversions um, against Google goals um, and, you know, like Shopify's kind of you know, stats on their side are fantastic as well to see, right, this PR action led to this outcome. And that's effectively what we've always sold on is site visibility from increased um, you know, links into your site. We can track that. Trust flow and citation flow increases. We can track that. Um, and you know, we, we, can, we can basically every month, every quarter put back to you, this is the value you're getting from us. It's not just about being you know, on, on the Sun or Sky News anymore. 
what good is that if you can't then track the benefit off? Um, so we were doing that, and then I've worked in and around affiliate marketing for getting on for twelve years now, um, PRing these these companies, and I I just thought there has to be a way to tie the two things together because our media relations, the way that we know we you know find a contact and reach an audience. And that's effectively, I, I just see PR and all marketing actually as, who's the audience, how do we reach them, what are they consuming, what are they listening to, reading, watching, um, what podcasts are they, uh, you know, they, are they on, what social media do they use. That's why when you know, things get super fragmented, I just think you're, you're, you're missing the wider aim here. When you provide a PR answer to a, a broader marketing problem, that's, that's a problem. So for, for me, it was a, how do we create um, you know, value for clients on a performance basis? And that's where Will and I started chatting. And I thought, we can use influencers and, and other publishers, live streamers, content creators in general. Um, typically, it won't be your, your kind of top-tier publications. Um, but you know, we can reach an audience and provide definite and trackable and obvious value to brands and current clients and new potential clients through affiliate marketing. And how do we do that? Well, we... We contact the people using the skills that we have as, as PR people, contact them, kind of add a creative layer possibly to a campaign, because brands say yes to this, don't they? It's, it's, it's incredibly rare for, and in fact, since we've, we've started this, every single brand that we've sat down with and said, hey, if you don't earn, we don't earn. So why wouldn't we give this a go? Nobody else is trying this, let's, let's try this. So we go out, we speak to influencers and say, hey, your audience looks perfect. For this brand over here, we will pay you X per sign-up, opt-in, sale. And just to quickly ask a question whilst we're on here, so I want everyone to be able to understand this. Is this a form of advertorial? Is so far that process that you've talked about where you have your client and you find the right kind of influencer, right kind of audience, and then you approach them and go, we've got this brand, we want to create this content. So far up until this point, it sounds like the typical route to setting up an advertorial, which PRs have done for donkey's yeah. years. So what, where's, when, where does it change? So I think one of the key changes is we have sort of focused more on, so far, on the, um, the news outlets and big publishers, but actually where a lot of the value comes in is more of your mid-tier influencers, so the individuals, they're not publications, um, and they'll have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok uh, accounts and so on, and what we're doing is helping them to understand how they can make money from the audience, because there's a perception that just because you've got loads of followers you're getting loads of money and actually brands have stopped paying big placement fees because the data has proven that they were, it wasn't backing out and therefore there's this, this look and, and move towards performance. So in terms of examples, you're talking, let's say someone, um, you know, let's, they, they're a, a per, if someone's got 100,000 followers and they have a beard and they talk about the beard quite a lot and a beard care company says, hey, your audience is probably interested in our products. I can give you an exclusive or a reason or a creative content hook to speak about us to your audience. And then through that process, any sales in the back end of that, we'll be able to award you for. So that it's, it's not just um, you know, online publications, it is influences in the sense of individuals that have access to a, a, a specific audience. So 
Are you, just so again, I'm clear, so we've got the talent side, you've, the example you just said, Will, are you working with the influencers and approaching brands, or is it you're working with your brands from the PR client side and going to the influencers? No, no, I, to, to confuse things, it's both. Um, so we'll... Interesting, I like this matchmaking. So we'll, yeah, we'll talk to brands that obviously we're already talking to. There are also other brands that we've contacted that we don't do anything PR-wise for. We've got uh, now a working relationship with, and then we match them to influencers uh, and groups of influencers that reach their audience. Because remember, it's all about the audience and what, what, how do we get the audience to do what we want them to do, which is effectively, you know, at every level in every sector is typically put their hand in their pocket. And that's, that, you know, that's fundamentally what we're after. So we incentivize, you know, based on, you know, based on wanting that as an outcome. From a company perspective, so Radioactive PR sits over here. Radioactive Talent is a different limited company, separate PNL, um, and we're building out the group to answer that that kind of client problem at the beginning in a way that isn't just here's a PR solution. So you know, we will eventually have other um, you know, arms to the business, as you touched on at the beginning. So social. Um, we'll, we'll touch on some chatbot stuff we've done in a second. It's really exciting. Um, so social, both paid and organic. You know, we we do bits and pieces of that for clients now, but let's build it out with actual specialists. Production equally. What do we do both on talent and social? Well, like, let's add a content layer to that audio and you know video um, you know production, and then a speaking agency as well is is kind of you know in the uh, you know or on the cards. So all of these things. I mean, when I'm sat there with a buyer, when I'm sat there with a marketing director, brand director or CEO, whoever it is, I can say, okay, I know you're spending money. Where are you spending it? And how can we help you? Because who wants to be working with seven different agencies? So let's, you know, really kind of bring it under, under one roof where we can. This podcast is brought to you by CoverageBook, the reporting tool that's made by PR people for PR people. Head to coveragebook.com for your free trial. From a business perspective, it just sounds really exciting and uh, definitely when you when I get to meet different agencies, whether it's here or in the US and they're setting up different arms and learning more about digital marketing, often it goes down some, I guess, obvious routes. So like more link building we're starting to sure. see, that makes sense. You guys are the first uh, agency that I've seen starting affiliates um, and actually now sort of hearing more about it and learning more about affiliates, it makes sense. We, I mean, public relations people, People and communications people are expert at working out influencers, how to influence certain audiences. You just talked about that, Rich, like how really understanding how to connect with different audience and having that influencer in between and being able to communicate successfully with, with influencers. So, I mean, well done, you guys. It does totally make sense. Before you guys started to do this, Will, I'm going to direct this question to you because you've got uh, years of experience in affiliates. Who is leading this stuff? Who are affiliate marketers? What kind of backgrounds do they have? Who are you? Um, so the general industry and where people normally join and then stay for a period of time is in the discount uh, space. So actually, it is the large publishers who are who are joining and driving most of the sales. So they're your, your voucher code sites, your day deal sites, and more recently, actually, some of the newspapers joining that space. So there are a handful of companies, and it's a classic 80-20, 80% of affiliate revenue comes from the discount space. Um, and that's because... That's the, the user journey and intent and what's been built up over the last 10, 15 years in the industry. And that is controlled by a handful of networks. So they provide the tech platform. They also provide the relationships between some of your top tier um, publications and the advertisers. And that's where they currently sit. What we see at the moment, though, is how 
you know, with, with tracking always, um, the way that we track is always changing, and that's really important for advertisers to be aware of. So people in that industry typically are thinking, right, we know that most of our money comes from our top 10 discount sites, a few other niche publications in our sector, and we know that's okay and that's fairly static. It's about managing that relationship rather than, you know, the managing new relationships is where we hopefully can can sit in and, and increase the reach of these campaigns. So that's where the market sits and hopefully where we can we can steer it slightly um, slightly differently. And what kind of uh, people who normally set up these kind of affiliate deals, what kind of skill sets do they have? And is it and is it the type of person who only works on affiliates? Might they do SEO as well, or are they paid media people, or is does somebody literally just do affiliates? What kind of skill set is it? Is it analytical that kind of thing? So definitely analytical. That's really important. Um, it's creative, but could be more creative. I think would, most people would would agree to. And I guess similar to. Um, a lot of PR um, setups, you have in-house teams um, and they they typically will manage an outsourced tech platform and then also potentially manage an outsourced agency who then manage the relationships between the, the publishers or influencers and themselves. So there are typically a few different layers. So just quickly, so there's an aff- there's affiliate agencies, just pure affiliate agencies yes. out there. Exactly, and they and their pure purpose is to make the most of that campaign for the advertiser. So it'll be managed by typically one or two people in-house who will then work with the agency. And they're looking at a few different things. So it's performance-related. So how can they adjust the commissions they're paying for certain publishers to increase the growth? Um, How do they find new publishers? How do they maintain their current relationships? And remember, if you're a publisher or an influencer and you've got three products that are all competitors in the market... You've got to try and work out where the best value is for you that you put their link or creative above somebody else's. So they're really sort of playing that game and understanding what's going to make that tick. So is it an increased commission? Is it a better offer for the end consumer? Is it improved creative or variations of those and a mixture of? So that's where they sit. But the skills are they need to be good communicators because they're communicating both to the, the brand, the advertiser, and the influencer or publisher, and they've got very different needs, and, and they act very differently, um, particularly working with advertisers that typically bigger companies working with smaller influencers. So there's a, a big gap in terms of the setups on both sides and, and how, they, how they act. So that's a really important skill. On that, who is the client? Is it head of, is it a marketing director? Is it head of advertising? Or is it comms? It's typically a marketing director, so it's someone that has different marketing P&Ls. So this would probably sit, if you're looking at it, you know, looking, you've got your paid social spend, your paid search, your display, you're looking at that, yeah. that particular... Um, Which is exactly what's exciting for me, because we're talking to those people anyway on the PR mm-hmm. side. And the second, after I've done our pitch, I say, by the way, guys, I've created this new company with Will called Radioactive Talent, and we do this, their eyes light up and they think, Nobody comes in here and pitches on performance. As well, you know, there are multiple benefits to PR. I've mentioned the site visibility, the brand awareness piece, the trust, the reputation, all of those things. We get that, and you know, that's what we sell on as PR people. But then to, to bring in this and say, okay, there are affiliate agencies that you know typically work with relatively, you know, with with the same group of publishers. We're over here saying this Twitch live streamer has an audience. Let's monetize it. 
this person over here has an audience, it's relevant to you, let's monetize, let's, make, let's at least put something in place that gets you in front of their audience. And that's, the, you know, that's what you were just talking about, about the creative layer. So PR brings in the influencer relations, um, the, the creative side of things. Now, as I said, they are separate companies, but I'm, you know, I'm slowly trying to move myself away from the, you know, the, the day-to-day delivery on, on the PR side, because I don't need to be there, to this more group level where I can actually have a decent impact, bring in my PR experience in to this space. And I think from a, a kind of radioactive group perspective, that's exciting for me because you know, we are, we're actually supporting clients in a way that's, that's, that's going to give us longevity as an agency with them. I was about to say, um, does it, I mean, I was about to say, does it scare you? But knowing you, I don't think much scares you. But um, does it, uh, you see it as a challenge that you're going up a whole new group of agencies. Like it's not just PR agencies you might be going up against. It's all these new affiliate agencies. But I think you've probably just answered that question because you've just said that because of the PR background and heritage, adding that extra layer of expertise that maybe affiliate agencies don't have. Am I right? Yeah, and I think one other thing to add as well, it's as much helping clients as it's helping the influencers because the influencers, it's never changing marketplace. Lots of influencers have been found out for not having the engagement and actually providing the value to the brand. And, you know, that's, that's nothing new. Uh, we know that that's changing. It's the maturation, is it? Maturation of the market. Yeah, and we're able to help influencers understand their value because some of them are undervalued in themselves and the way they work, and others are overvaluing, which hasn't got longevity. Everybody so, wants Kylie Jenner money, don't they? Yes. Everybody wants, <laughs> wants a million to post, and that's just not going to happen. They, even if you've got a million followers, you're not going to get anything like you think you are five, ten, you know, five years ago. Um, I think one one point you just made uh, on, on the, you know, this is a whole new space for us. Um, when when I was at my first agency at Ten Yetis with Andy. Um, you know, we we did a lot on the PR for SEO side of things 12 years ago. Mm. And it's only in the last couple of years that PR people have really gone, oh, link building, that's something that we could potentially benefit from. There's a pot of cash that, you know, there now lots of people are talking about it. And, you know, we'd, we'd say between, you know, Andy and I would talk and, you know, obviously, you know, we'd chat to, to clients and we almost didn't want to talk about it because it was a bit of a, you know, a kind of secret weapon. Why are you talking about this then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's exactly it. You, you asked me, Stella. Come on. Uh, no, no, no. Um, I think that you know, it's because we can only improve by other people coming to the, you know, coming to the table. Um, and I'm, I'm confident enough in what we're doing with brands. Again, not one brand has said no because we're sat there saying, if we don't earn, oh, if you don't earn, we don't earn. Why would we be doing this otherwise? Um, but you know, we, we're kind of product, uh, building up a couple of products within talent as well. That, um, it's incredibly exciting. Um, so we've just started working with a, a male grooming brand um, a few weeks ago. And Will bought, built out a, a chatbot, so a, a messenger chatbot. And within a couple of days, we'd made them thousands of pounds at more than double their conversion rate. So their organic conversion and their kind of paid search conversion was, what was it, 4% yeah. around that? And we're coming in at 10. So more than double their conversion rate using something that we can literally, you know, once it's built, and, you know, it has been, um, you know, we can just pick that up and use that for other brands too. Wow. Okay. Let's hold up a minute. <laughs> Listeners and everyone will know that I love PR management. Well, that's a bit of a silly, geeky oh, thing to say. I love PR management. I do. I care about it. There's a reason why I went from PR to digital marketing. I care about it. Um, and so, obviously, the absolutely holy grail is to prove some kind of financial uplift. You've just mentioned something in passing which sounds incredible. Um, but also, uh, you can't just mention chatbots and we just move 
move past it. Can we just have a little bit more detail on exactly what what that was? Like how what what did you do for the brand? What was in the chatbot? What's in the chat messenger? If you're happy to share. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say before Will does get into that. Um, we're going to be putting a case study, study okay. together of this because my concern is that we put this out there and we get 20 people that say, yes, please, and then we can't manage that at scale. So hence wanting to, you know, I'll be employing in that space because it is something that now it's been done, you know, we can build that out. But um, yeah, I, I think you have broad strokes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so the, the, very, the idea being... Um, was that with email being a struggle um, to get conversions from and other digital marketing channels being expensive, particularly the run-up to Black Friday and Christmas, how do we, the idea being how do we capture the attention of people who may have um, seen your brand before but not converted or people that match your target audience but you haven't got in front of them because it's quite expensive too. So it's another channel and we managed to build out a, a messenger um, chatbot for Facebook uh, and we funneled a target demographic uh, into, into that chatbot and took them through a journey that encouraged them to, to purchase products over time, uh, particularly over a few day window. And that easily tracked, so very simple tracking implementation. Um, so we could actually go down to a a user-by-user, product-by-product level on who bought, what they bought, what the average basket was, the most popular products, and that learning is going to then help us with that particular client go into January with a whole new understanding of how we can optimise that journey for them. So um, it was really exciting. It was a, an experiment that was was very low risk for, for the client because it was performance-related, so the risk really wasn't, wasn't there. And it was great for us to work with a client that got it and got behind it and supported us in implementing it and trialling that as a run. So the next exciting part is what... And that was with next to no spend against any of the, um, the users coming into the chatbot. So what happens when we start spending? And that's what um, we'll go through in the case study, no doubt, when we publish it uh, and see the difference that makes. Can't wait to see that, and uh, we'll definitely share that from a PR resolution point of perspective. Um, in a time when budgets are, I wouldn't say tight, but they're just well-managed in marketing, shall we say, now in comparison to you know 10 years ago, 15 years ago, certainly 15 years ago, um, Having any kind of performance level is just great. And uh, if I've put myself in a marketing director's shoes, um, I would definitely want to go down that route. And it's so difficult uh, for public relations, traditional public relations. Um, this must be a, a dream to be able to have this added value to, to your measurement for your clients. But... Um, it's not just been luck. It's you've you've found each other, and you've got a very different background. Will and you've got a background in PR. Well, it isn't just been traditional PR, as you said. You were doing SEO um, with Ten Yetis, um, but where where how do you sort of keep in touch with these different areas of digital marketing, and then decide which route to take with with Radioactive Rich? I guess it is, as I touched on earlier on, um, or maybe um, Will kind of did as well. Every marketing director has multiple lines in their budget. Uh, it might be events. I don't think events is for us just yet. Um, you know, it, content production, certainly. Paid, social, PPC. I don't know anybody brilliant around here that I'd want to, you know, to, to bring along the PPC side of things. But with the, the chatbots and the social spend that can go behind those chatbots and the percentage that we can take on spend, that leads us to radioactive social and an obvious route in there. So you know, talent, because, because that kind of doesn't sit it sits alongside talent, so you know I'll just create. Another, we'll build out another company, another limited company, social over here. So then you know I can I can track profits, uh, you know per company. 
it's, it's just exciting to me to see the opportunity here across the marketing, you know, marketing mix. And I guess we're always looking on a, from a PR perspective, and I mean broadly across the industry, we're always looking for opportunities. We're always looking for new technologies. And, and in fact, we probably jumped to them too quickly. You know, how many VR campaigns did we see uh, you know, three, four, five years ago? But it's looking at these things in a way that if we can de-risk it for clients as much as possible, because as you say, budgets have changed. You don't get the client anymore coming to you saying, hey, I want to spend 60K on this big stunt. And I know because I wrote, I ran PR examples for you know for as long as I did. Started, I think I set it up in 2011, 2012. So wrote that or you know, kind of edited that and had hundreds of contributors for that for seven, eight years. I know, you know those kind of things aren't coming up as much anymore. Or if they are, it's huge brands that are behind them. So what's happening is on the PR side, we get a lot of marketplace-based businesses, a lot of kind of e-commerce um, come to us because of that PR for SEO piece. Uh, they're in busy market. You know, they're in yeah, a busy space. More links in equals better visibility. Better visibility equals actual money. And that's the long and short of it. If you're page one number one or page one number nine, there's a huge difference in the amount of money you're spending. If you're page two, there's next to nothing in it for you at all. So you know, there's value there. We've identified that. It's just looking at that brand director and saying, where are your pain points? What are you doing well? Um, and you know, effectively, how can we help? And if I can't help, then I'm not just going to tell you that I can help and do three months of, of crap PR you know, your PR that's not going to not going to move the needle for you. Maybe it's over here that you need support. Um, so we've we've actually had clients come in, potential PR clients come in, and and I've said, hang on, it's not right for for this just yet because you're months away from having, um, you know, having things quite ready. You know, in, in this side, why not? You know, let's chat over here. And it's it's nice to be able to have that. And again, it kind of it kind of, it came from me talking about the media and fragmentation of media and. Uh, how Johnson Press had almost just gone into administration, then it was luckily saved. That there, that's, that's a huge number of potential links for us on the PR side. That if that goes down, if reach falls over, you know, that's, a, that's a lot of potential publications that we lose out on. So what am I doing to de-risk and or uh, you know, just look up and think, where are the opportunities here? So this, this, this seemed like an obvious one. I mean, that's for everyone across the board in traditional PR. We all know that traditional news is declining in traffic to news sites and everyone should be looking elsewhere, and I'm sure they are in their own way. Something that just interested me with what you just said was um, that's the potential for hundreds of links that we might lose from a PR perspective. That's not normal for lots of people in PR agencies and groups to be thinking about links. <laughs> Just, no. I mean, that's now the norm for you, is it? Because yeah. is that because links are so important to your clients? They are. Yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe three quarters of our clients come in and say, you know, we're in a busy place. You know, we need links in from authoritative domains. Um, that's because of SEO, right? Yeah, exactly because of SEO. So. That's a big part of what we do, but it's not the only thing. And then I find myself almost, because we can sell well on that, and we have just put together a report of our last 12 months' uh, results, and it's fantastic, you know, 6,000 links. Um, you know, I think um, coverage to link percentage, or link to coverage percentage was 83%, you know, the ma- majority of which, I think 70-something percent were follow links. So, you know, we're able to actually track the, the success of what we do. Um, so I can sell on that. And then I have to say, oh, no, all the other stuff that, you know, agencies do, product launches, uh, crisis comms, you know, just straight reputational kind of management we do that too and it's almost that's i i hate that sometimes it's an afterthought because we, we have definitely lost out on on clients because they see you as one thing um and it's, it's kind of frustrating because you know we'll do those things too but add a, a measurement layer we'll, we'll add a layer that you know, isn't necessarily looked at because we'll say make us analytics users 
we're, we're going to look at your data. Now, if you've got millions of data points, if you've got millions of um, you know, people coming in per month, we can do something with that from a story perspective. So it doesn't need to just be PR for SEO. We, we do so much more, but I'd say that maybe a quarter of our clients fit into that product PR, you know, more straight what you might have seen five, ten years ago. I feel personally that we will get to a place wish that we were at the place right now where looking after a brand having crisis comms expertise uh, just knowing how to do communications just be should be a given <laughs> and in public relations and it shouldn't be your your speciality you know you should just be doing that and then whichever other route you take uh, should be the specialism just moving on that's just my little personal uh, feels in the in the uh, podcast you've talked about how seo and links is really important to your pr clients we've talked about um radioactive talent and and the affiliate side a lot of the measurement for the examples you've talked about will have a financial element because of sales does that mean a lot of your clients are retailers where where what verticals are you playing in so i think we are dealing with people e-commerce is, is a big part of of the journey because there's a direct response there and a very trackable revenue sort of way of attributing that back to the campaign but there are people as well that know that there's a consideration period longer than the frame of seeing a, an ad from someone that they trust and going through and buying and therefore how do they capture it again back to the chatbot discussion earlier is that's a great way of capturing people who may not buy today but they are interested so Looking at travel companies, looking at insurance companies, that's an interesting sort of example perhaps, is that people like um, the idea of your, your travel insurance product, but they're not going away anytime soon, but they want to, you can capture their future travel date through an influencer because you can run a campaign around that, and then you can target the messaging down the line. So it's a good example of a, a longer consideration period or a different buying window so it doesn't have to be a sale right now. It's about capturing the intent for either now or for a future time. So it doesn't have to be all e-commerce. It can be anything that the, at some point, all businesses are making transactions at some point in some way. And it's understanding where we can fit into that and support it. It doesn't always have to be at checkout. It can be earlier in the consideration period. Those, those outcomes have a value and have yeah. different, different values. So, uh, you know, getting somebody opt-in stage or, or an earlier point in time is, is probably worth less than a sale almost certainly worth less than a sale but that's okay mm. you know it's, it's you know seeing where we can help clients so it's not all just e-commerce yeah so the, i have the, the, for the podcast has listeners in all sorts of different areas uh, which is why i wanted to just find out whether it's just retail and i know i, I get asked that quite a lot when i talk about seo pr because my ex-clients were in the retail space because there's a lot of money to be made for them in SEO. Uh, but it doesn't mean to say that SEO is not for all sorts of different types of areas. And I, and I imagine that I feel it's exactly the same from the examples you've just said. For people who are listening to this and uh, have thought, hang on a minute, I've, I've got insurance clients. I've got clients in the retail space or you know some of the other ones that you just mentioned. Um, how do they... Where do they start with this? A, from find, educating themselves a little bit more um, in affiliates, my first part of the question. Second part, who would they speak to from a client side and where do they, where do they start that kind of conversation? I guess, Rich, you've, you've started these conversations with some of your clients, but will, is there any tips on where people can read up a little bit more about affiliates? Yeah, I mean, performance in is always a good start. They put some great events around it. Um, so there are some great um, content around it. We're going to be putting out more and more cases as well. So hopefully that will give some guidance and practical um, tips on from day one. Okay, this sounds good. What do we do? 
then how do you sort of handhold through that process? Because it doesn't have to be complicated, but it can consume a lot of time and energy with zero results unless you have a little bit of structure around how to go live with that. Um, I'm going to jump in and say there's also a, a thing where we've, because I've been quite, quite loud about what we're doing, agencies have got in touch and we've supported agencies doing this and they've taken a percentage of. So there's an opportunity there, and that's just me being a businessman, I guess. <laughs> saying, hey, don't go out and learn this yourself, because you can't. I'm, 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 I joke, I joke. Uh, but, you know, we can support in that too, because why wouldn't we? If you're bringing a potential brand to us and there's a benefit all around, it's, it's, like just, it's, just, like, it's just adding another partner to the, to the mix in terms of, you know, there's the brand, there's us, there's an influencer, everybody's earning there. If there's an agency that says, we don't know how to do this, but we know, and we know you can, you know, maybe we just take a percentage. Why not? You know, there's, if there's, you know, if there's yeah. value to be had there. And if some of my listeners were in a far-off country and didn't want to partner with you guys <laughs> in the UK, um, do you think that there is scope here for people to connect? Like, even if you just went and had a conversation with the client and said, who's your affiliate marketing agency? It, does it feel like there could be partnerships made with the, with the affiliate uh, marketing agency, with a PR agency? Definitely, and I think one of the, the key reasons for that is that PRs are typically better at creative and content hooks than traditional uh, affiliate managers. That's no disrespect to affiliate managers, they've got their own skill sets, but that's something that I'm already experiencing from on the talent side of Radioactive, where we can lean on some of the expertise and creative structures in PR that you simply don't see in, in the affiliate space because there hasn't been a need to and there hasn't been a, as much of a desire to. So I think that's the main point, a PR agency where they can really help their client and be involved in this process is to say, hey, we're running some really interesting campaigns. Um, also, the affiliate manager will want to hear about it because any reason that they're more able to get their publishers and influencers to promote a campaign for a great creative or content hook is going to make their lives easier and increase their performance. So there's definitely a, a natural um, discussion to be had and worth having. And it is going to, hey, who looks after your, who looks after your affiliate program? And if you don't have one, is there a reason? Because it may be they couldn't get it to work and that may come back to the fact they couldn't get creative working or the content hook working, which is, again, where the PR agency can come back in and help. Um, so that's definitely a discussion to be had. Well, so whether it's partnering with another agency, but I think just the first step is just to ask more questions when we're around the table with clients, isn't it? Breaking down the silos even more so. It's just... They are almost certainly doing it already. Like most, most brands, especially above a certain level, and even... Kind of, um, you know, early stage, you know, early stage companies that might have had a bit of investment. They're they're certainly thinking about affiliate marketing and how they can you know, how they can best do it and measure it. And you know, one thing Will just said then about learning from the PR side. Every single day, I'll, I'll come in and he'll tell me about some various tracking method. That you know, look at this. We've optimized conversion in this way. Every day, I'm learning something from Will, which is exciting for me as well because I'm. It's hard when you, you know, when you're the one running a business and, you know, obviously running radioactive PR now for five years, you don't tend to think about your development. And this just, this has given me this kind of lateral way of, of, of learning that's, you know, it's exciting, it's on the job, you know, it's proving itself, it's earning money, um, clients are happy, there's a really high level, you know what PR's like, you know, just, it's the, the, the roller coaster of, uh, you know, client ups and downs and, and, and learning to manage them, learn to manage them on this side, it's all upside. Which is a really nice place to be, honestly. I can't tell you. It's just nice to have clients that are like, thank you, cheers for that. Like the ones that, the, you know, the clients I mentioned that we made the money for through the chatbot, they've been nothing but, oh my God, go again. Mm. And it's, 
you know, it's, it's, it's not that you don't get that in PR. It's not that you don't get the wins in PR too on a you know, on a pitching level. It's just that the the, the ratio so far far outweigh you know the, the the win ratio from a client pitch perspective, the win ratio from a, you know even a um, you know results perspective. At a time of year when everyone's doing their end of year reports and evaluation and looking at reach numbers and desperately trying to find. Um, some kind of financial value, <laughs> which is hard. We know that we're making differences um, in PR to to our clients, of course, but it's, it's really hard to get that pound sign or a dollar sign, and this is where you get it. It's a way. I think it, let's not lose sight of the benefit of PR. Yeah. And of, of you know, very very good comms can can you know, turn a business around. It can change business fortunes. It can you know it can take somebody that's unknown you know through to um, you know a brand that everybody knows. I mean. This, just this week, Brewdog's been named you know, the, the most um, disruptive brand of the decade. I don't disagree. Where would they have been without the kind of PR that they had right at the beginning? Um, and that was, you know, the guys at Manifest did a f- fantastic job. And I know other agencies have been involved, but I fundamentally believe that it started with a, you know, a communications first um, you know, approach for them. And that's, that's what good PR can do. And you know, th- there's no performance you know, anywhere near that um, until, obviously, you know, more recently. Hundred percent, couldn't agree more. But um, there's, there's, you know, as we've talked about affiliates, there are lots of other areas of digital marketing that PR can get involved in, partner with, and potentially uh, serve in as well. So, thank you both for sharing your story. I absolutely can't wait to. A, see that, that case study about the chatbot, yeah? <laughs> um, but also just to see where this goes, it sounds like you're making um, very, your clients very, very happy already and uh, can't wait to see where this goes. And I have genuinely learned a lot in this podcast. <laughs> and I think that's, <laughs> but it's just, um, and that's what it's all about. And hopefully, and this is just be the first step for listeners to maybe learn a little bit more about affiliates or some other areas of marketing as well. So thank you, genuinely. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, that's great. Cheers. Thank, thank you very you. much. This is the PR Resolution Podcast. Keep in touch by following me on Twitter at Stella Bales. For more reading on PR, head to blog.coveragebook.com. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode and make sure you subscribe to the series on iTunes now. See you there.